I have a disclosure to make before I get started with the message. Don't hate me. Amen. There's, there's my disclosure tonight. Don't hate me. Uh, love me for preaching the Word. Uh, because that's what the Lord has called me to do. And tonight, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the Word. Amen. We come to church to hear the Word. There's not a lot of people in church tonight to hear the Word, but we come to church to hear the Word. Amen. And I'm not going to be mean tonight, but I'm just going to try to help us. Uh, and I want to say tonight that uh, our world, uh, as we know, uh, is in a mess. Amen. Our world's society is living in darkness. My wife and I was discussing some of those things coming up the highway this evening, the, the darkness. Uh, it's darker now than it ever has been. We know that there's been darkness in the world since uh, sin came into the world, and we know that uh, since all that took place, it, it was dark, and, and men lived in darkness. But I'm telling you, the days we're living in, these are some dark days. I mean, stuff that's going on in our world today, you'd never heard tell of. And, I was listening to Brother James Knox this week, and he was talking about the uh, the preachers of the past. He said, you know, whenever TV and radio started to coming out, coming out and coming into the homes, the preachers would preach against radio and they'd preach against TV and said, "Don't get that in your home. You'll regret bringing that into your home." And people made fun of them. People mocked them and made fun of them. Said, "Oh, that'll never happen." And he said, "Look what happened." Then he said, then the internet came along and he said the, the preachers in those days preached against the internet. Said, don't allow that in your home. Don't be subject unto those things. And people mocked them and made fun of them and allowed the internet into their homes. And now look what's happened. And they all said during the, all of those eras, they all would say, oh, that'll never happen. And he says, now look what's happened. He said, the thing about it is the world's going to continue to say that it'll never happen. You know what they're saying about Jesus Christ? The believer is saying that he's coming. But the world says that'll never happen. And so they're, they're still living in darkness. So that's just the, the day that we're in doesn't mean that the believer has to walk in darkness. Amen. I'm thankful tonight that God drawed us out of darkness. Amen. Brought us out and set our feet upon a solid rock. Amen. Brought us into that marvelous light. Changed our goings and, and changed our life. Amen. And I'm thankful for that tonight. Peter's addressing some things here in chapter number four. And we're just going to dig in a little bit first six verses. And I'm not going to go far, but I want to dig in there for just a few minutes. Chapter number four, first Peter. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh. Watch what he says. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. How about that? For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, Excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this, uh, for, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to 
men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. Let me, let me read verse number 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Verse 7 again. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the privilege once again to be in your house. I thank you for your word, Lord, tonight. I pray to illuminate my mind and guard these lips of clay and Lord, give me wisdom and direction and help me, Father, to say what's needful and necessary in this hour. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to have open ears and open hearts tonight. And Lord, may your will be accomplished. May your will be done. And help us as we study your word. In Jesus' loving name we pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. I want to start tonight, before I get real deep into this, I want to, I want to start by just a little, a little study on science. Science is something that our society has lost track of. Let me explain to you real simply tonight what science is. Science is you take an apple seed and plant it in the ground, and that apple seed begins to grow and it produces a tree, and that tree produces apples. It doesn't produce corn. It produces apples. You take a tomato seed and you plant it in the ground and the vine begins to sprout and it comes about and guess what it produces? It produces tomatoes. Not potatoes, but tomatoes. Because it's called science. It produces whatever it is. Amen? You don't find anywhere that you can take an apple seed and plant it in the ground and produce anything other than an apple. That's science. Everybody got that? I mean, that's, that's pretty elementary. We learned that, and most of us probably learned that in first grade. Because a lot of people didn't go to kindergarten back in them days. But we, we have learned over the years that science teaches us that if you plant something of one kind, it produces whatever that kind is. If you plant corn, it produces corn. If you plant a watermelon seed, it produces a watermelon. That's just the way it works. But we're living in a society that doesn't understand simple science. God created a man, and out of that man, he took a rib and created a woman. That's science. Amen? And no matter how men like to try to change their physique, if a man who is born a man and has all the attributes of a man puts on the dress and puts on makeup and dolls his hair up or puts a wig on and puts on nail polish and does all and wants to look like a woman, guess what? He is still a man. Science, simple science teaches us that. Now I'm going somewhere tonight, just hang with me, all right? You take a woman that uh, dresses herself up and cuts her hair real short and puts on her blue jeans and a muscle shirt and she wants to look like a man and she does all the things to look like a man, but in her DNA, guess what she still is? She's still a woman, amen? The bone density and everything else is still that of a woman. You cannot change what God has created. But yet we're living in a society that wants us to look at them, although they are male and female, 
they choose to be called something different and they're wanting us to accept that and call them what they say they are. That's how dark our society is. We have children in the school systems that don't even want to be classified as a human. They want to be called a cat or a dog. And they say, well, I, I feel like I'm a dog today, so you have to treat me like that. Let me sit over here and pet me. <laughs> We're living in a society where they want us to accept that as a way of life. That's darkness. Amen. I want us to get a hold of that tonight. That is the darkness that we're, and I know this is not, I'm preaching to the choir, I realize that, but just let me preach it, all right? We're living in the, in the, in the era of, of some of the greatest darkness where a man don't realize what he is and don't want to be what he is and wants to change what he is, but he can never change what he is because he's still a man. And a woman can never change what she is because she is still a woman. What they're trying to get us to accept uh, is their thought process that God made a mistake when God made them. And God has never made a mistake. Amen. And listen, we're living in that day where they're teaching the children this heresy and this mindset that it's okay to accept those things. It's okay to put people in a position who are not to be in that position to call them a male a female or a female a male or call a child a cat or a tiger or whatever they want to be called. And they're trying to teach us to accept that and trying to get us to have a... A, a secular world view. Because that's the way the world sees it. The world sees all this wickedness and ungodliness and whenever the Christian speaks up and says something about it, they begin to criticize and ridicule us for judging them. Well, guess what? They're judging us because they think we're judging them. So it, it, it just, listen, that's a whole other subject. I'm, I'm not even going to go there. But, but, let me, but let me help you just a little bit. I want to try to set some groundwork if I can, and I, I really had to cram this in tonight to get it together. But the, the, what I want you to understand is that the simple science teaches us the difference between a man and a woman. Amen? We, we, we get that, boy and a girl. We know that. And society is trying to, to warp that mindset and to twist it to thinking the way the world does, that you can be something different if you want to be, and everybody has to accept that. And if anybody says anything against that, then they are the subject of ridicule. They are the ones causing the problems. They're the ones that's being judgmental and being racist and being uh, hateful and all those other names that they come up with. So with, with, with that thought in mind, I want you to... I want you to go with me now. Let me have your mind for just a minute. Go with me now. We understand where we are in our world. We don't understand how dark it is. And we, we, we think about someone who says that they're a, a female when they're a male. And we think about somebody that's a, a male when they're a female. And we think about a little boy that says he's a cat and a little girl that says she's a sheep or a goat or whatever. And then we understand that the world wants us to accept that but whenever we talk against that, they get angry at us. All right, got that? Good, I'm glad we got that. So now we have born-again believers. <laughs> I told you you're going to love me or hate me, right? We have born-again believers who say they are a believer. They say they are a Christian. 
And they want everybody to think that they are a Christian by what they say. DNA proves that a man's still a man. And a woman's still a woman. The B-I-B-L-E still proves what is a Christian and what is not. A lot of people say that they are a Christian and want everybody to think that they're a Christian, but the problem with them being a Christian is whenever they met Christ, nothing changed. And they still want everybody to call them what they say that they are. They say that that they love the Lord and they say that they love the church, but then they're never there. They say that they love the Lord, but they never spend any time with Him. They never spend any time in His Word. They never spend any time in His house. And they're never around His people. But yet they want everybody to call them what they say that they are. You know what the problem with that is? Most time, most of the time, the believer who is a true born-again believer in simplicity or in whatever you want to call it, ignorance or whatever it is, they accept what they say and have fellowship with them and don't judge them and don't say anything to them about their lifestyle. Is everybody all right? I'm telling it right. I'm telling it right. Listen, because they say that they are a Christian, we will not say anything against what they do because they say they're a Christian. And we won't confront them with what they say. So we are, in a sense, accepting what they say is truth. So what my question tonight is, what's the difference between accepting what a Christian says they are when they're not and accepting what the world says they are and they're not? What's the difference? Ouch. I'm trying to help us, amen. I've laid the groundwork just a little bit tonight. Now, what's your Bible? It's what Peter says. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. In other words, he's saying if you're going to be Christ like, then you're going to have to have or show forth the same mind. Amen? The mindset is separation. I'm not of this world. You're not of this world. Amen? We are uh, that are saved tonight, true born-again believers, we are not of this world. The modern Christian today, the reason why nobody wants to have anything to do with the church and nobody wants to have anything to do with Christianity because the modern Christian today is is a pop culture, rocking Jesus kind of Christian. And there's no conviction, there's, there's no biblical living, there's living like the world, there's drinking, there's carousing, there's all these things that they do and all that's accepted in the church. And, and really the world and the church, the modern church, is no difference in. That's why nobody wants to have much to do with it whenever you try to knock on somebody's door and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. I know all about your Jesus. Well, no, you don't. You've never met him. Hold on now. I'm not going to make, I hope I don't make, I'm not trying to make people mad. That's not my goal. I don't believe I'm going to make the crowd mad here tonight because I believe you all say it. Amen. Amen. I believe that. But here's the thing. 
Whenever we talk about Jesus Christ and knowing Him as our Savior, there's, there's, a, there's a different mindset for those that are saved. To say that we're a born-again believer or call ourselves a Christian and continue to live in the sin that we said that God brought us out of, we continue to live in that, we make Him, according to the Scripture, we make Him a liar. Amen? Because the, the scripture teaches us, Christ teaches us that, and the Bible teaches us that Christ brought us out of that darkness and put us into his marvelous light. He changed us from what we used to be to a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The mindset has changed. I met Jesus Christ. You met Jesus Christ. And the day we met Jesus Christ, our lifestyle changed and our mindset had to change because now we're no longer the person we used to be because there's somebody else living on the inside. And it's changed our lifestyle. It should change our mindset. Peter said, let this mind also be in you. Have likewise with the same mind. There's to be a separation. I, I, I really struggle a lot. I mean, I really do with the people who say that they're Christian and they destroy that word. To be a Christian is to be Christ-like. Amen. And according to 1 Peter chapter 4, it's to have the same mind as Christ did. And the mind of Christ was to do, to do the will of the Father and to sacrifice the things of the world for God. And the blessings that come along with that. Amen. And that there's so many people that I meet in every day that say that they're a Christian, but yet their life shows a different lifestyle. Tonight we know that there's people in our families and in our, our acquaintances or in our workplace, we know people that say that they're Christian, but yet their life doesn't show that. But for us, that, that our life shows something different, we're fanatical. Amen? Wait, I don't know why y'all have to go to church every Wednesday night and every Sunday night. Bunch of fanatics. No, here's the problem. If, if those people who look at us that way would get into the Word and study the Word, they would know why we do what we do. Amen. Amen. They would understand a little more about the Lord and they wouldn't do the things that they do. Amen. Amen. We do what we do because we've been changed. Amen. There, there's, a, there's a new man and he has a new mind who has been, Paul, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How do you do that? By the renewing of your mind. I want to say tonight that if we're not careful, and I've been preaching this since I got into First Peter, and I didn't know this is the way it was going to go, that's just the way the Lord's leading, and that's how the Lord's teaching us, amen. If we're not careful, 
That mindset of the world would draw us in and we'll begin to think that what we're doing is a little overboard and we just need to let up a little bit and see what happens if we just ease up on some of those convictions and some of those things that we're hardcore on or so dogmatic on. And then we'll start letting up and letting some of that worldly mess in. In our life and in our church. Amen, y'all with me? If we're not careful, that's what'll happen. Because it looks like on the world side that everybody that says they're a Christian, it looks like that everything is, is going a different direction. But God's words never changed. Amen? Not one jot, not one tittle has ever changed. It's still the same. The same God, amen, that, that, that created the world and created Adam and Eve is the same God we serve tonight. And that same God says for us, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. If Christ did what he did for us, why in this world, in this world, can we not live for him? Amen? The people that say that they're saved and don't give anything to God and don't give any time to God, don't even pray, don't do all those things that we can mention, they don't do anything, have nothing to do with God. Yet they say they're saved. I've got a problem with that. Amen? I believe the Bible's got a problem with that. There's something missing in that life. If, if Christ has done what He's done for me, if He's done that for them, they ought to be a desire in their heart to please Him. To live for Him. Why should they do that? Because somebody else needs Jesus. That's why. There's a lost soul out there that's looking for the truth. This mess that they got now with this contemporary movement and all this contemporary music and all this rocking Jesus, that, listen, that crowd's losing them. There's, there's some out there, the young ones are looking for some. They said, that's not doing anything for me. And they're looking for something that's true and something that's real. We might be the minority, but I promise you we're the biblical minority. Amen? And there's that crowd that's, that's the, the young couple that came and a couple of Sundays ago and they came in and said, Preacher, we've looked and we've looked and we looked and tried to find a King James preaching church and we couldn't find, said, you're part of 2% of the King James churches we went to that even preaches the word. We are a minority. Amen. Now, listen, little as much when God is in it. It's all right to be the minority. I'd rather be the minority and live a life that is sacrificing to Christ and sacrificing uh, as, as I've been commanded to be. Giving up all those things that entertain me. Giving up all that wickedness and all that worldliness and living in all that. I'd rather give all that up and be a part of a minority and be walking in a way that is well-pleasing unto the Lord. I'd rather be there than be running with a worldly crowd. All right. I, I want us to get this tonight. I, I don't want us as born again believers who love the Lord, who have sacrificed, who give and, and do so much for God. We give of our time to pray. We give of our time to be faithful. Amen. We give of our time to be an example before others. I don't want us to get drawn into that worldliness and that wickedness and the lies of the devil to think it's okay to live like that. The way the so-called modern Christian lives. All right. Here, here, let me get back to my preaching. I mean, my, my scripture. The Bible teaches us here that there, there's a sep there has to be a separation mindset. 
Peter, in chapter number four, returns to the subject of holy living and separation from the world, which is the essential part of, the, of a being a believing Christian. Amen. Living the Christian life. Every church should emphasize holy living and separation. Amen. Every church should, but not all of them do. There has to be, according to Scripture, verse 1 and 2, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. It's Listen, we're not to live our life to please our flesh. But we're to live our life to the will of God. Separation is a new way of thinking. I've already said that. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. The, the, the main battlefield, and I've, I've preached this before. The, the main battlefield for the believer. It's not your heart. And it's not your eyes. It's not your ears. It's not your feet. The main battlefield for the believer is the mind. Amen. It's the mind. It takes a little something before the eyes to get the mind to thinking that's okay. A little something in the ear to get the mind to thinking that's okay. Is everybody with me? Just a few steps in the wrong direction to get the mind to thinking that's okay. Amen. The mind is the main battlefield. And we have to understand that. Our mind, listen, we have to have the right to worldview, amen, it must be a biblical worldview. What does God say? Amen. What does God say? That crowd that runs around and drinks and carouses and then go to church on Sunday and, and oh, how I love Jesus and think God's happy with that. Listen, that's a problem with that. Amen. amen. Ain't very many people going to like me, but that's alright. Let, let me just go ahead and put this out there. If I preach for However many years the Lord leads me here to preach and I don't have any enemies, I've failed at my job. Amen. I'm not a prosperity preacher. Amen. You don't need a prosperity preacher. Whenever I got saved, I didn't need a prosperity preacher. You know what I needed? I needed a man of God to look me in the eye and tell me I was dying and going to hell. Amen. You know what, you know what people need today? You know what the, the so-called modern Christian need? needs? A man of God to look at them and say, this is what God said. Amen. This is what the Word of God says. This is what you should do besides that mess that you're doing. Preacher, how do you know that's going to happen? How do you know that is happening? He wrote it down. He told them. You think just because we have such wickedness in our day that they didn't have it in their day. Well, that's not so. They had it in their day. Amen. Wickedness and ungodly worshiping false gods and idols and all those things. I mean, all the, the preachers wrote and preached on that stuff. The prophets wrote about it and the, the preachers and the apostles wrote against it. Amen. And preached against it. And pinned it down for us. So we know, hey, listen, this is going on now and it'll be going on in your day too. And you got to stand strong. you got to be the one that's the light to the world. And Jesus said, be ye the light of the world. Amen. You are the light. You're the salt of the earth. We are ambassadors for Christ. We're not to mingle with them and to party with them and to dance with them and to snuggle up close to them because we'll get ourselves in trouble and our light will go out. Amen. That's a good preaching right there. Amen. Separation. It's a, it's a mindset. 
The right mindset is the mindset that Christ had in his earthly life. What the believer meditates on, what he fills his mind with, will determine what kind of life he lives. You know why a lot of so-called Christians are so worldly? Because they fill their mind with the world. You can't, listen, you can't sit at home and watch TV and all those ungodly wicked shows five, six days a week and come to church on Sunday and expect to get a blessing from God. You can't expect to hear from God when you ain't met with God all week. Hey man, that's good preaching right there. Tell it, preacher. I am. You can't run with the world. Hey Amen. You can't do that. Inspect it to get a blessing. Whatever the whatever lifestyle and whatever the mind meditates on, that will determine the life of the individual. A worldly mind will produce a worldly lifestyle. A biblical mind will produce a separated lifestyle. A person cannot fill their mind with worldliness and expect to know the will of God nor the ways of God. A separated mindset first is the mindset of living to the will of God. That's what the scripture says. To the will of God. Verse number two. A separated mindset. Christ was 100% devoted to his Father's will. We find that in John chapter 4, verse 34. John chapter 5, verse number 30. John chapter 6, verse 38. John chapter 8, verse 29. Totally 100% devoted to the Father's will. The separated mindset is to die to the self-will and to live to God's will. It's a surrendered mindset, a mindset to present one's body as a living sacrifice. I mentioned that already, Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. The, the, the separated mindset, secondly of all, is a mindset of spiritual warfare. Arm yourself. If you get up and start your day in the morning and you don't think you're going to fight any battles with the devil and with the flesh and with the world, you're wrong. Amen? We can all say amen right there. We get up in the morning, amen, we have to fight the flesh. We have to fight the world and the devil and the temptation, all that stuff. Listen, we're not exempt from none of that just because we're saved. Amen. We make our mind up when we get up in the morning, I want to do the will of the Father today. Amen. I don't want to give in to my flesh. I don't want to give in to the world. I want to do what is well-pleasing unto the Lord because somebody's watching my life. And you'll be amazed sometimes when somebody comes up to you and, and, and begins to talk to you and say, well, I've watched you. Well, I've been, I've been noticing you and how you carry yourself or how you act or something like that. They'll, they'll say things and you, you'll look shocked in the pause. And, I didn't know anybody's even watching me. I had a, a gentleman come into the, the workplace a couple of weeks back and he was standing at the front desk and talking to my service advisor there and I come into the office and I just open the door and come right on in because I'm busy doing stuff, you know. And, and I heard him, as I walked through, I heard him say, that man right there has got his stuff together. I thought, was he talking about me? So I, I did a rap about face and I went back and I just kind of walked into the room again and he looked and said, sir, are you Marine? No, sir, but I count that as an honor. He said, was you in the military? I said, no, sir, I wasn't. He said, the way you carry yourself, he said, there's something special about you. Guess what just opened for me? <laughs> Wide open door. I said, sir, I pastored Midway Baptist Church in Lexington, North Carolina. I said, I'm a full-time pastor and a full-time uh, service manager. I said, I have to have my stuff together. And they said, boy, you sure do. I said, you go to church anywhere? And he looked over at my service, looked at my service advisor and started talking about his vehicle and forgot all about me. I might have had it together, but he didn't want to hear it. But listen, I, I, you, you never know who's watching you. Amen? You never know. And, and so we have to have the mindset every day we get up. 
if I'd have got up and, and had decided that day or any day that I just wanted to be a slob and I wouldn't act like I didn't care about nobody or anything, look at the effects it would have had. Amen? So people are watching us. We have to, we have to arm ourselves. Biblical separation requires that the believer know that they are in a war and that the world is our enemy, not a friend. Amen? And the believer must guard and be on guard against spiritual dangers. There's, there's, there's so many spiritual dangers. The internet is a spiritual danger. These things right here can be a spiritual danger. All it is is just a few clicks away and spiritually you can be ruined. I had an app on my phone. Most of you are probably familiar with the term Twitter. Twitter, I did away with it there for a while because of the politics and all the garbage that was going on. But it's just a communication site. People talk back and forth and all that. So after all that mess kind of calmed down a few weeks back, I decided I'm, I'm going to check out Twitter. I'm going to pull it back up because there's some politicians on there I like. And I like to follow them. And they're pretty common on Twitter. So I, I pulled the app back up and loaded it back on my phone. And I, I was checking it out a couple of times and got some insight from Brother Ted Cruz. Listened to some of his interviews. And I pulled it up the other night. And you talking about some of the most ungodliest, wickedest, I'm talking vile, vulgar, just garbage out of the gates. of it. If it wasn't demonic, they ain't nothing ever been shown that was demonic. And, and I mean, it ripped my heart. And the Holy Ghost said, son. And I reached over and I hit that delete, uninstall. And I had to get on my knees and say, God, please. Get that out of my mind. It, I'm, I'm telling you, it was it was wicked, and I, I could just I could sense the wickedness as I was looking at it, and it it broke my heart that I saw such a thing, and I had to beg God to get that out of my mind. Those images, it's a spiritual danger to get that stuff in your mind. The mind is a very powerful tool. Amen. I, I listened, whenever I was a teenager, and I've probably told y'all this before, whenever, and, and I know y'all, y'all teenagers too, <laughs> and we listened to stuff whenever we was teenagers, and that jumped, even today, and I'm 53 years old, stuff that I listened to when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, it still would come to my mind. And I think, where in the world did that come from? That's that fleshly nature. Amen? I'm saved, my soul is saved, but my flesh ain't saved. It's still flesh. And my mind is still flesh. Amen. And so every day I get up, we have to determine if I'm going to give into that. I could have very easily left and I could have very easily watched that. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, the, 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 the born again believer side of me couldn't handle it. Amen. I know that was ungodly and wickedness. And the, I don't want to even, I don't want to go there. I got to get away from that. But we have to, we have to understand that all the, the spiritual dangers. It's not just in the phone, but it's on the television set. Amen. There's lots of spiritual dangers. When you turn the TV set on and, and you watch some movie that's vile and wicked and, hey, listen, they might not be committing murder or they might not be committing some, uh, un, ungodly deed by chopping somebody's head off or whatever. It don't have to be nothing like that, but it could be somebody sitting in a bar stool drinking and carousing. 
and picking up women and courting with women and flirting with women and all that stuff. You know what that does? That's a spiritual danger and it gets in people's mind. That's why the world's in the shape it's in. Sit in front of that and listen to that country music. And I know people don't like it when I preach on country music, but I'm telling you, that's a spiritual danger. It gets in the mind. And it will wreck and ruin the mind. I've heard so many different things on those country music. I, I don't want to get into all that, but they say if you play it backwards, you get your dog back and your wife back and your car back and your house back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a spiritual danger. Music, music is a spiritual danger. Why is it so important, preacher, that we have to watch what we listen to? Because guess who's the author of music? Worldly music. Guess who the angel in heaven was that was over music? His name was Lucifer. He was in charge of the music. Guess what happened to him? He got kicked out of heaven. And so now all this wicked, ungodly music, it's not of God. It's a spiritual danger. For the believer, listen, to the believer that truly says, hey, I'm a Christian. I, I, I'm Christ-like. You have to, you have to guard your mind from such. You can't sit and listen to that stuff. Amen. You can't sit and listen. That's why there's so many pastors running off with the piano players and piano players running off with deacons and men and women in the church running off and committing acts of sin. And you know what? People accept that because they say, they say they're Christian. Preacher, you said if someone does something like that, they're not a Christian. I'm saying they haven't met the Christ that I met. That's what I'm saying. Amen. Because you'll want, you'll want to be like Him. you want to be with Him. The mindset, third of all, is the mindset of being willing to suffer in order to cease from sin. He that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Separation requires denying the flesh. It, it requires making hard choices about one's lifestyle. I don't go there. I don't do that. Why not? Because I'm not that way. I'm not of that group. I'm of a different group. I'm a part of a pilgrims and strangers group. <laughs> Amen. I'm a part of a different lifestyle. Amen. The separated mindset, fool, I got hurt. It's the mindset that knows that life is short and I must do God's will while there's opportunity. Notice what the scripture says. Live the rest of his time. What are you here for? To do the will of God. What's God's purpose for your life? To accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And be a light of this world that somebody else can see so they too can know Christ as their Savior. That's, that's the will of God. Amen. That's the Bible. So the, the believer has to understand this being separated. Let me, let me give you a couple more things real quickly. This is a poem that, a poem that I found that was written by C.T. Studd. Here's what he said. He was a, a graduate from Cambridge who turned from a, a, a life of wealth and leisure, gave away his large inheritance and became a missionary to China and India and Africa. And he said this, he said, Some want to live within the sound of a church or a chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Ain't that something? 
Gave up everything he owned. The lifestyle, the money, the fame. The, gave it all up. And he said, some want to sit or live within the sound of the church or the chapel bell. But I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. That classifies as a believer. Amen. I want to do the will of God. Separated mindset. Fifthly of all, I'm going to stop with this one. Is having a mindset to no longer live to the lust of men. No longer live to the lust of men. Christ was in the world and loved sinners, but he did not sin with the sinners. That's the difference in our modern Christianity. Modern Christianity is that you're, you're in the world and you're sinning with the world. And that Christ will overlook that and everything will be settled at the judgment seat. Well, it will be settled at the judgment seat. And the sinners who have professed but not possessed will stand before Christ at the great white throne judgment. Amen? So a lot of them going to find themselves. Everybody all right? He was always holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. Likewise, the believer is an ambassador for Christ to sinners, but he does not live as sinners live. He does not conform to this world, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. He does not love the sinful ways of the world, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. He witnesses to sinners, but he does not try to party with sinners. So we have to live a separated life. That's what Peter's discussing here in chapter number 4. It's a life of separation. From the time past of our life, for the, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. Hey, listen, in the, in the past, we, we probably did, we, I mean, we did a lot of things that the world does. We walked like the Gentiles. Notice what it says there. When we walked in lasciviousness and lust and excessive wine and revelings and banquetings and abominable idolatries, whenever we did all those things, say, hey, listen, we ain't, no, we ain't no better than they are. But we met Christ and we believed upon Christ and now we are a separated people. Amen? And we're to live like that. When it talks about those in the Gentiles in verse number 3 to verse number 4 says, wherein they, speaking of the Gentiles, think it strange that ye, the believer, run not with them to the same excess of riot and speaking evil of you. They're going to talk about you. Amen? Just go ahead and get it settled in your mind that if you live for Christ and live holy and live righteously in this present world, they're going to talk about you. Amen. Well, I've learned in my lifetime already, it doesn't matter, it doesn't really matter who you're around, somebody's going to talk about you. <laughs> whether it be good or whether it be bad, somebody's going to talk about you. So I'd much rather them talk about me for being holy and righteous and godly than to be the opposite of that. Amen. I hope this is a help to us all tonight. Just listen, I want us to get that uh, understanding that it's, it's spiritual dangers, and Peter's warning about that in the Scripture. It's spiritually dangerous to, to watch that crowd, to see what they do, the things that are accepted in the modern churches. Listen, it, just because it's accepted in the church doesn't mean it's of God. Amen. We've got, to, we've got to make our mind up. I want to go with God. I want to do the will of God. And that's what Peter's dealing with. That's what he's discussing there in those scriptures. We'll come back and look at some more of that, what those words actually mean. Maybe we'll talk about that in Sunday school, about lasciviousness and rioting and all that stuff. We'll talk about some more of those things dealing with separation. All right?
Hope it's a help to you tonight, encouragement to you. If you're living right and you're living holy and living for God, you're going to be talked about, but praise the Lord, God's pleased with that. Amen? He's pleased with that. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for the 